0: Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time.
1: This episode of The Kindness Project was recorded live on Facebook during lockdown, which explains why we're probably still talking about being stuck indoors. I hope you're enjoying your time outside to the fullest and thanks for listening to The Kindness Project. The Kindness Project. We talk about lockdown hairdos, strange search engine histories, and we are joined by Chris Laney. Good
0: morning, welcome morning. to... Morning. Morning, morning, dudes. Uh, welcome to the live, Climidus Project live on the... Yeah, almost hey. again, yeah, on the 3rd of May. I'm joined by a girl with perhaps the most bizarre lockdown Google search history I've ever heard in my life, it's Charlotte
1: James. No, I'm Joan man You won't need to take a trip to the barber when this is all over. He won't have that much hair left. It's Chris James. <laughs> I had to think of something.
0: I mean, I am particularly astute today, because I haven't had a shave for a couple of days. Um, I am gonna be rectifying that. But you know what's weird? My hair is growing in all the places that I don't want it to grow. Do you know what I mean? That that head hole I've got at the back is still is still there. Maybe I could do a comb over and just (laughs) we were also joined by an amazing guest this morning, one of the kindest people I know, it's Chris Laney. How are you, Chris? I'm very well,
2: Chris. Good morning, everybody. Good morning.
0: Morning, morning, morning. Just out of interest, I mean, Dave's quite like, has kept a lot of his hair, hasn't he? So he hasn't got a baldness problem like me, right? He's got a haircut problem at
2: the moment
0: though. so I've cut it. Yeah, so so I've got a baldness problem and an haircut problem. That's, uh, that's something to do. Why, oh,
2: because you haven't had one? Because <laughs>
0: I've had an haircut and I'm still going bald. So it's like yeah, either one side's going to get there first or the, or the other. Talk to me about your Google history. My
1: Google history, well, I was trying to... Find this page I have in my Google history for jokes for the podcast. And I was just going through, reading them aloud. Uh, Pingu funny, fun family friendly jokes, how to divide reoccurring decimals, uh, hilarious jokes. This
0: is your Google search history.
1: From my phone, yes. Okay, going it. Sea Angel GIFs. Cast of King Falls AM, Trump News Live. He was being so (laughs) stupid.
0: Right, okay. So, unofficial question of the podcast is... What's the strangest thing you've searched for on on, on the internet uh, recently, in the, last, in the last few weeks? Chris, uh, have you been searching for anything unusual on the internet?
2: No, not really. I, I did search for something a bit strange last night. My, the central heating wasn't working, and um, we didn't have a name on the controller, so I just put the number in and it all came up on YouTube, so that was amazing. You know what?
0: Fixing boilers, all you need to do is Google the make and model of the boiler, and you get a video to potentially fix it. Um, yes. As long as you're not, as long as you're not doing anything too technically complex, because clearly you're better off getting an engineer to do that, aren't you? Or just do it and yourself, Charlotte. You do what it you yourself. Have a go. Yes. Yeah.
2: Turns the boiler on and off. So. Yeah. So that was good. Well, apparently,
0: even if it's technically technically complex, what are you recommending? Do it yourself. I'm not advocating that behaviour, just just to be clear. Um, The official question of the podcast is um, a good one today, and not one of our, like, sort of, just... uh fluffy light ones like flavors of crisps or flavors of ice creams this is one you actually need to think about um the question of the podcast today is if you could meet any historical figure who would you meet and what would you ask them and that is a really i i'm finding that question really tough how about you what would your answer be
1: um I don't know who who would I who would I meet who, who's important enough? Oh, this is a new tablecloth. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> would you would you meet Mum to find out where she got this tablecloth no, from? No, ask her when she yeah. comes back.
1: Um, uh, Give me
0: some thought. How about you, Chris? Who would you meet and what would you ask them? I think uh, with all the recent
2: things that are going on, I would probably want to meet Florence Nightingale.
0: Oh, good choice. What would you ask her?
2: I would ask uh, how tough it was when it all started because
0: it's quite tough at the moment and mm. maybe we could learn. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I think like, just when I look at what we're going through at the minute, the fact that we've got a lot more creature comforts in 2020 that we didn't have when Florence Nightingale was around or even 20, 30 years ago, I think we underestimate how difficult it was back then right
2: yeah definitely Though so I think it might put some sort of perspective on what we're going through
0: yeah no great great um great answer to that I know too um,
2: many strange
1: facts about facts about Florence Nightingale what do
0: you know about Florence Nightingale uh, so I
1: only waved to those people all oh, right okay that was just earlier <laughs> um so like people often found her difficult to work with mm. uh, she was highly religious okay she wasn't a person of like scientific belief okay but the reason she did all the cleaning and stuff was because she believed in like miasma uh and she believed that if you clean stuff the smell would go away and that's why she did it not because she believed <gasps> in the theory of the germ theory okay. um all the theory of spontaneous generation that spontaneous generation was debunked around that time she also almost married a gay porn collector and she used she, that is a
0: weird fact. she
1: used to send letters flirting to the younger nurses did she
0: all oh, right okay i've learned a lot more about florence nightingale than i did <laughs> i you know what weirdly my question to florence nightingale might not be as a not um, it might have been about some of those intricacies yeah, like, about even,
1: her even, life, even from like her, her deathbed when she was like seventy or something. I can't remember how old she was when she died, but like she still flirted with all the, the nurses in the training school. Like.
0: Amazing. You know what? There's there's nothing <laughs> w- wrong with flirting with a nurse. You know what? I give I give bloods, right? I give bloods. Probably, I don't know, two or three times a year. One of the simple things you can do to be kinder, you know, like just giving blood and, and helping uh, helping the NHS with their supplies. And I think, apart from the free biscuits, the only other reason that I go is to have a little flirt with a nurse. I love it.
1: OK, here's an upside about um, giving blood during, you know, this whole crisis um so in some places where it was um it wasn't illegal but where if you were gay you had to wait three months after having intimate reactions with oh intimate intimate reactions with you know another person of the same gender you couldn't give blood if you'd give it's now been up to 12. okay so because of the crisis and i saw someone uh on the the news report that that was on. Someone put the coronavirus is beating homophobia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the coronavirus is open homophobia. Yeah, it's all good. Um, have you? Uh, what's your opinion about flirting with nurses, Grace? Have you? Uh, have you been guilty of that? Well, probably
2: more doctors <laughs> for me. <main
0: reason. laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever medical professional. Yeah,
2: we're definitely with them. We might
0: get better attention Yeah,
1: whatever. Look. What, the
0: whatever, whatever medical professional floats your boat. Do you know what I mean? Nurses, no, doctors. It's,
1: it's captains that float boats. And-
0: <laughs> true, true. <laughs> hello to Sarah, hello to You're Russ. Hello to Desmond. Morning, uh, morning dudes. Morning, morning, Desmond. Morning, Alan. Morning, Tina. Uh, morning, Alan again. We're popular with Alans this morning, mm. which is good. Morning, Jay. Uh, Jane. Morning, Trev. Morning, Lorraine. Thanks for watching, Lisa. Morning. Uh, morning to Danny. And morning to Roberta and Sarah. Really appreciate you. appreciate yeah, you joining that. us on this bright Sunday morning. So, question of the podcast, again, is um, what historical figure uh would you like to meet and what question would you actually answer can you let people know where they can tell oh, us
1: right so if you're watching this currently welcome you're on our facebook well done guys no sarcasm intended i know that came off <laughs> kind of sarcastic so sorry but if you're not uh, just search the Punch of podcast and it should be the first one that comes up although yep. our internet is being kind of slow today i don't know where that's going but you know what Uh, on Twitter we are at Ola Kindness and I don't know who mans our Twitter but I assume it's the the same person who does everything (laughs) Uh, we have an Instagram I think it's The Kindness Project but you know what we don't post frequently on
0: there so yeah it's but not, but you can find too. every single episode from every single uh, podcast we've ever done and we're up to about 120 now on the kindness project website, website www.thekindnessproject.co.uk audio downloads have gone through the roof so we're getting about because people are bored aren't they? <laughs> yeah clearly bored enough to listen to us but yeah we're getting about 1200 downloads a day at the minute which is um, an incredible number so if you've recently found the podcast through Facebook live um, and you've started listening to the audio version thank you for doing that we really appreciate your support and hopefully our stories of people doing amazing stuff in the world is brightening up your day now Chris you've been listening to the podcast for a while haven't you because I told you about it I think it was about a year and a half ago we started talking about the podcast wasn't it
2: yeah, well, it was a long time ago, Chris. Yeah. I think I was interviewed a very long time ago well, when you first started. Well, I mean, we've been running
0: the podcast now every single week for two, two and a bit years.
1: You said a lot. we actually do one of these every single week and don't backlog stuff. Yeah,
0: we just get together like once every couple of weeks and just record loads, loads don't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah, so apart from on lockdown where, yeah,
1: where we're recording live. three yeah. times a week. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So yeah, uh, what I want to do before we come on to interview Chris, because I'm really interested in hearing your insights on kindness. We've got a, a correspondent who helps us out with mm-hmm. sharing some of the stories of positivity and finding some of those stories. A guy called Dave Forsdyke, who I've known for many years now, and he um, he's coming on the podcast next week. I think oh, nice. it's Tuesday, so we're looking forward to uh, speaking do you think? to. I don't know. Oh, I was Russ. Uh, Russ really. Should- Should be hosting a podcast, shouldn't he? It's like, it's like, what was I going to say about?
1: He's like a producer.
0: Producer, producer, Russ. Yeah, he's been promoted then because he was the editor, and there is the producer. You can be both.
1: Um,
0: uh, Editor and producer. So. Dave's mentioned some silver linings. Mental health charity, the Blurred Line Group, has set up the Chit Chat service to provide support for those who are lonely in their homes, particularly those in in vulnerable health and the over 70s. It aims to encourage more casual conversations during these isolated times and can also help isolated people with food and household supplies, someone to do their shopping, and people to check in on them to make sure they're okay. It's available 9am to 9 pm every day and is manned by volunteers. If you're in that segment and you are feeling isolated, you can just give them a call. Uh, their number is 0333 002 003 and they're on Twitter at Chit Chat, Chit Chat I like that Twitter handle. a good one. Is
1: that a Twitter handle or an Instagram handle?
0: I don't know. I don't know. We'll soon find out. Do you want to do the next one? It's
1: probably Twitter. Got uh, Okay. The coastal city of. <laughs> I
0: assume that's I only give you the ones that are difficult to pronounce, do you know that?
1: Well, oh, because I refuse to do them usually.
0: The coastal city of Arras in Denmark. <laughs>
1: Uh, has launched a new concert series where fans drive up to the venue and remain safely isolated in their cars.
0: live dot live com, and we all need a good laugh to cheer us up at www.nextupcomedy.com uh, supporting ke- comedians who can't work at the moment by streaming stand-up shows online for a small fee. Comedy stars like Andy Parsons, Ed Byrne, Gina Yasharay, Hal Crutton and Andrew Maxwell are all getting involved. So that. Sounds really, really good.
1: And we been tagged in it again. And
0: today's silver linings are: staying at home is encouraging bands and musicians all over Mm -hmm. the world to entertain us online. New lockdown versions of old songs were appearing and making us smile. Uh, I hope you're enjoying them too. Now I don't know about you, but music, I'm really loving. Like sort of.
1: I heard you listen to Sleeping at Last this morning.
0: I know that I was doing some writing, so that was my that was my sort of just background music. You know what I've I've been loving as well. Weirdly, because I've been writing over the like, next couple of days for the Kindness Project book out the know when probably in a couple of years. You know that rainforest music you get. <sighs> no, you're not a, not a fan. No. I'm loving that. At the it minute, makes me
2: just need to... to use the toilet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, constantly, um, but yeah. So, so that rainfall. What do you listen to when you're working, Chris?
2: Oh, I just Lexa to play what I fancy on the day.
0: Yeah. So, so the weird thing is, if I'm listening, to, if I'm the, the problem is, if I'm listening to music that I'm really into, I get distracted by the music. Do you? So I need, I need like something in the background that like is is just there. Do you know what I mean? So, so we're,
1: we're very different types of working music people? Go on then,
0: what working music do you, have like, you got?
1: I, I get like stuff that I really get into, and I'm sitting there going like this. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> sorry, why do you work screaming like a
1: banshee?
0: <laughs> uh, sorry, you go like that. Yeah. Banshee
1: like screams are high pitched.
0: All right. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So what what kind of music do you, <laughs> you you're gonna go back to 70s rock, aren't you? Yes. Yeah.
1: Anything like that? So, Conny,
0: you, what's your what's, your mu- what's on your working music playlist?
1: Um, so like stuff like I don't know if it's seventies rock, but like the Blue Oyster Cup is that seventies yeah, rock? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. Kansas and yeah.
0: What's on your uh, working play? What mute? What sounds? What music comes up that you really enjoy, Chris? Me? Well, I like all the
2: soul stuff really, Chris, and Templer Motel. Oh, um, I like. Oh, so many different um music i love um andrew actually yeah. so i often listen to him so it's also, i like all music yeah. a
0: bit like you guys really yeah so unofficial question of the podcast number two is what's on your working music playlist so when you're working from home what have you got on your playlist? i, I have that... this
1: really weird Study playlist, and it's made up of songs that remind me of things I need to be studying. <laughs> well, I don't don't need to be studying them anymore, obviously. Yeah. But like, I had a playlist, and it was all like the Macbeth soundtrack, Jekyll and Hyde musical. Yeah. That's a good musical, by the way. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you like a lot of musicals. I like a lot of musicals. It? Yeah, uh, and like it's got like We Didn't Stop the Fire, because obviously I was doing history and we did the cold war yeah. so I had two tribes and we didn't start oh, the fire two tribes.
0: Frankie goes to Hollywood that yeah. is an amazing and I had song. like
1: loads of um, they might be giants because they do some science songs yeah. that are quite funky and easy to remember some of the stuff for science
0: if you didn't know Charlotte was a bit of a geek you do now <sighs> Um, I thought it was obvious Um, so what I want to do that's Dave Forrest like Sunday Silver Linings you for that and we're looking forward to having Dave on the show next week want to talk to our guest today, Chris, about the amazing work she does in local communities, um, particularly around supporting um, community groups um, and the work she does around there. So thank you for getting up on a Sunday morning um, and joining us, Chris. We really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure,
2: Chris. I yeah. love your kindness podcast. It's uh, wonderful. It cheers us all up. And you and Charlotte together are wonderful, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's my future.
0: Really?
1: Wonderful, Wonderful. you mean a house on fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh... Same amount of property damage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, tell us a little bit about you.
2: Okay, a little bit about me. My background is all business. So I worked in the business community for over 20 years. Um, I did cultural change, leadership development and coaching. So that's kind of my past work and then i um decided that i wanted to work with people that maybe needed help um or you know people that couldn't afford maybe to have classes and um workshops and things like that so i started to look for funding and um it sort of snowballed really we did um a project Uh, for ladies in recovery of drug and alcohol. Okay. Then we did another project where we worked with ladies that needed some self-esteem. So we did self-esteem classes and we did all sorts of stuff. But my very first project was a reminiscence project that I did for the council. And I absolutely loved hearing people's stories and helping them to make memory books for their family. So we then took that a step further to the project that we've just finished that is still um, currently running an exhibition in Eastbury Manor House. And I believe they're going to put the exhibition online because it's very um, user-friendly and there's lots of lovely stories that come with the exhibition.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, that's the kind of work I do. I also do one-to-one coaching with people and I've been doing some free coaching since lockdown with people that are really to be alone so that's, that's kind of the work I do and the work I love to do yeah. um, I, I've met some amazing people through doing my projects you know some in their 90s and They've told us their life stories, which are all archived at Valence House Museum. So it's just been a privilege really to have done this project for the last year and a half.
0: Yeah. So how did you how did you get into this kind of work? I know you took, left business. What made you decide that um, coaching, but particularly and specifically with the reminiscence remunici- work, how did that start?
2: Well, it started because I went to Australia. My uncle was ill and he's been a great support to us all our lives and when I got there he really wasn't very well and I'd lost my mum so I said to Uncle George when I arrived he wasn't in a great place so the next morning I said to him have you got any pictures of mum? so he said yes so he got all his pictures out and we started chatting and he started telling me things that I didn't know about our family Um, and it just lifted his mood and then he arrived, and she didn't know anything about, really, Uncle George's life in the UK, because he went to Australia, he made quite a lot of money, and here he was just a working class boy that struggled, so when she ever asked about what was your mum like, he'd say it was just mum, but obviously she got to know about his mum, because I'd tell her, you know, what Nanny used to do, and this, that, and the other, and I realised how powerful it was, yeah. So when I came back from Australia, I saw I read um, Tender, and it was about engaging people that were isolated, and I thought that a Reminiscence Project would be a wonderful way to engage people to get them to come every week and talk about their lives. So we themed the, the weeks, and they brought photographs, and then we helped them and taught them how to do American style scrapbooks, so they made a book for their family. And at the end, we had a celebration where their family came along and saw all
0: their work. You know what's interesting? When Because I know you've been posting this on Facebook. And when you did, Cassie um, uh, decided that she wanted to do it. And we've got, in our little office uh, at the back of the house, we've got all of our old photos. Um, and you know what was surprising? It's, am- it's, am- it's amazing how evocative thinking about the past brings those mem- memories back, particularly happy ones. It also reminded me that I had some really bad suits when I was 20. You I was, should like, see some of the bad. pictures
1: I keep for myself.
0: What? You... <laughs> of who? Of me?
1: For us. I have this one where we went ice skating and I fell over and you were just kind of there standing over me and while I'm on the floor.
0: Yeah. I didn't pick you up or anything.
1: <laughs> I think you were trying, but All I just, right. was just like
0: oh okay um so yeah so it it, it, it's like those those photos are uh uh, are particularly powerful but what's interesting is the things that bring back memories because it's not only the i mean certainly it's the stories we tell but also like it, it can be weird sounds so um, Sophie found this website the other day called the um, the Museum of Endangered Sounds. So, like, the sort of sounds we don't hear anymore. Now, I'm an 80s kid, so for me, like, sort of, Space Invaders is one of those sounds that brings back memories. And um, uh, there, was a, there was a little machine, I don't know if you remember this, Chris, Chris, from the 80s, called a Speak and Spell. They used to teach kids how to... How to spell words, um, and yeah. just the just the sound of that when it turned on just took me back to when I was like eight or nine again. It's it's it, that remembering sounds and looking at pictures is really powerful, right? Do you use sounds in the work you do as well?
2: No, we just use a people's voices. That they when they tell their stories, that's what our exhibition's about. Yeah, it's the people telling their stories in their own words not change Um, and it's really interesting when you hear they have to say because it's a lot of stuff that we just take for granted but I I, what did provoke a lot of conversation in the last groups that we did we had this wonderful lady and she baked okay She made cakes every week for us And the smell of her cakes reminded me of my grandma and that reminded the people in the room of lots of times that they'd had, especially bread pudding and things like that. So she made all the old favourites that we don't, Actually, have anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. made me think about baking. So, while we've been in lockdown, I've been actually doing a bit of baking. Wow, you know what? So we, okay. Is really, really strong reminders to people.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Talk to me about, talk to me a bit yeah. about how reminiscence makes us happier.
2: So reminiscence can make us happy and it can sometimes bring back memories that are not so happy. So, um, Reminiscence, I think, for me, is a really powerful tool. So when I put the pictures on Facebook, they were of my family and my friends, and they shared them with their family and friends, and it created a lot of chat about... I didn't realise that you had straight hair when you were in the 1980s and things like that. It's a really powerful way of engaging at a really light, lovely level. Yeah. Um... And I think at the moment, there's so much gloom that actually if you get all your old photos out and you start to share them with people that they mean something to, yep. um, it creates a lot of chat and a lot of happiness. Yeah. Um, and that's why I started to get my pictures out because I thought, I'm in lockdown and actually I do all this stuff with everyone else's pictures.
0: But you don't do I've it with yourself.
2: Yeah. So. And I talked to Cassie about it, and she's been putting butchers on, which yes. have been really powerful. Um, so so So, you know, the power of reminiscence is huge. And also, with the crafting side of it, so if you decide to put them in a book, it's very therapeutic because you're sitting, you're relaxing, you're yeah. deciding what to do with your picture. So I have been sort of delivering a bit of resource to people that are stuck indoors, um, that have been through the project, so they
0: can add to their books. Mm. So it's sort of giving them something to do as well. And not not one that, that I've, I've, I've included in your um, questions list, but just one out of interest, because you've got a coaching background, help me understand how that's helping both you and others in the current situation, and any practical tips you can share with people to help them cope with what's going on currently.
2: I think the biggest tip I would give is not looking at what we can't do or what we usually do, but looking at what we can do and how that could also help others. So we get caught up in our heads thinking about, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, but I can't go out, I can't go here, I can't see this person. And instead of actually really getting caught up in our heads around what we can't do, what can we do and how can we change what we do? Yeah. So we can often make a change and it won't be the same but it could be as powerful. Yeah, and, so I, and, and that's kind of how I look at this lockdown for me.
0: Yeah, I no, absolutely it's that focus on doing doing things that are like sort of yes, there are things that we can't do now, but there's plenty that, that actually we've got a bit more time to do and certainly for us doing the kindness project live, has been one of those changes, hasn't it? It's mm-hmm. quite, been quite yeah. a good fun doing it, doing it live. Um, talk to me about a little bit about the project you did for Eastbury Manor um, because um, I visited and it was it was amazing to see not only the people whose stories you told, there are experiencing uh, sort of those memories. But also how you sort of merged the sounds and the stories and the photos. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what the reaction was to that.
2: So The reaction was actually much... Uh, I thought it would be a great project, but it was a really, really great project. And we actually merged young and old people as well. So we worked with the school, um, but none of that was displayed or the pictures of the children because we weren't allowed to do that, obviously, through... Um, the school, but that was really powerful because they actually came to our celebration weeks, the children, and spoke to the older people about their projects. Yeah, um, which was wonderful. And I think that the thing that we did, which we didn't imagine we would do, is we reunited some family members. Okay. Um, that had not seen one another for over 20 years. And it was one lady that was in her 90s and uh, her cousin who was in his late 70s. So that was quite amazing really. And the gentleman that we reunited, we did um, at home. And I was just telling the ladies in the group that I'd interviewed this amazing man who had a British Empire medal. And this lady perked up and said, Iris perked up and said, his name's not Fred, is it? And I said, yes, she, oh, he's my cousin. I've all, oh, you know, I've been wondering about him. So we got him to come to the launch of the exhibition. And she was okay, there as well. And united them, which was wonderful. Oh, I love so that story. things happened that I didn't imagine would happen. Um, yeah. There's some great friendships come out of it. Yeah, people keep in touch uh together without me which is fantastic especially through lockdown because i've been ringing them all and um they've now we've now got a chat group so we're chatting on whatsapp which one of the ladies set up so we're on that daily you know showing pictures what we're making um it got people also interested in craft again so people that maybe hadn't done any craft putting their pictures in their albums, they started to make cards and yeah. do all sorts of things. And I think the power of seeing the pictures just as they were, uh, you know, back in the day, for young people that live in that area now, has been amazing. Yeah. And I I go to the house every other Thursday and when I'm there, often people ask me about the exhibition and I talk them through it. Yeah. So it's been... It's it I, I, it's ex- exceeded my expectation and I think everyone else and it was supposed to come out in September and the House have kept it and I believe they're going to keep it as a exhibition forever because it is about the local people and it's about social local history which I think is something that we undervalue, which 100%. I certainly did until I did this project
0: 100% you know we focus on the kings and queens and 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 prime ministers and leaders, what we forget is that sort of where we actually come from and remembering remembering the experiences of the, the people who and the environments we, we lived in, right? Particularly, particularly even if it's two generations back and how different their life their life was.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the ladies, there's one quote on the wall um, she worked at Woolworths in Barkin, and she did the makeup counter and she was like really good at it and when Basildon's store uh, was opening they asked her to go there and she said I didn't know if I needed a passport <laughs> <laughs> further the East there yeah. and obviously she did it and I said well what was the biggest thing that you found she went I couldn't go home for lunch. Yeah. And you forget that people used to go home for lunch. Yes. Yeah. So we all run and buy a sandwich. But actually it wasn't like that. You know, you'd go home for your hours lunch. Well you know
0: lunch. what? You know you know you know what? Two things there. Number one, pick a mix. Like pick a mix started in Woolworths didn't it that that was what that was where it was started and um I used to go home from school I mean you wouldn't dream of doing this now but uh, even at secondary school my nan lived around the corner from the school and I used to go home uh, go to go to my nan's house well, every day we
1: weren't even allowed I, out the gate I
0: had a, I had a cooked lunch every single day when I was a kid because I used to go around my nan's um uh, so uh, talk to me a little bit about how you think kindness has changed in the current situation, because I know that, and again, we're focused on, on finding examples of this sort of stuff, but I think that kindness has like taken a bit of a forefront in this current situation, because we seem to be being better to each other at the minute. What's your favourite examples of, of kindness at the minute, Chris?
2: Well, I think... Um... <laughs> So I ring everybody every week, and I didn't ring everyone this Friday because Dave wasn't very well, and he was we had to go to the hospital. And I was worried, and my phone rang, and it was one of my ladies that I've known for about seven years, and she said, I thought I'd ring you today to see how you are. Yeah. Because you haven't phoned us, and there's obviously something wrong. Yeah. So, and I also put on my chat group that Dave wasn't very well. And they were so kind and so supportive. And I think you forget how much kindness is actually out there on your doorstep. And uh, people, I think, have become politer. So when I go out to the shops, I think social distancing has made people much politer and kinder. Yeah. I mean... A lot of people that I've met, and I think people are asking much more. So when we go out and clap, you know, how are you? How are you coping? I think there's a lot of kind people around that we maybe never recognised before. You know, they didn't have the opportunity to ask or felt that they were in that position. Yeah, yeah. So you no, know, I think. We should embrace kindness because it's all around us.
0: Yeah. Um, Uh, Well, I I think a lot of it's... I think a lot of it's down to perspective as well, right? So I think for like I think people are sort of kind by nature but sometimes we just need to give people the opportunity to be kinder and, and, and certainly the work you do helps that. Just help me understand, Chris, what's the story in terms of the work you do, what story best describes the impact it makes? I think it
2: it's connection. So lots of people I work with probably wouldn't see anybody maybe for the whole week just you know maybe their family members on a saturday and i think the connection that people get from coming to the groups is amazing because when you talk about a photograph and it's your photograph and everybody listens you feel really valued and heard yeah i think um sometimes as we get older we don't feel that And, um, you know, if somebody comes, they think... So I'll give you an example. One of my ladies said, um, well, my daughter comes every Saturday, but I don't really see her because she cleans and tidies up and does the shopping. And So I said, well, what would you like her to do? And she said, I'd just like her to sit and have a chat with me.
0: Yeah.
2: And I said, but if you don't tell her, she won't know. So the next week she came, she said... I told my daughter, so I said, did you? What did she say? She said, well, perhaps I could come one day, Mum, and do your work, and one day we could come and I could just have a nice chat with you. Oh, love that. You know that I maybe teach people that if we don't ask for what we want, we don't get it. Yeah. We we're given, and I think as you get older, that happens a lot, Um, and, you know, when you sort of talk, if you said to somebody of... 80, I'm going to coach you on how to maybe connect it a different way with your family. They wouldn't be interested. But actually, it's very subtle. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is about us asking for what we want. Because sometimes we think, you know, we're mind readers, but you now with our other half, you know. It's my birthday. I had like a big cake and a bit of fuss. Comes in, he goes, hello, love. Have you had a nice birthday? And give you a kiss on the head. But actually, we haven't described what we want. Yep. We expect people
0: to read our minds, don't we? Yeah, I think that's a really fair point and um, I think you're right. it's it's interesting where currently we've got a bit more time on our hands that busyness thing always keeping busy is less of a focus and maybe that's why we're seeing people be a bit kinder to each other because uh, they're spending a bit more time connecting and engaging and i love that story because the because the daughter had all the best intentions didn't she but she didn't know that that was important to her mum. yeah for her mum, she wanted her
2: to be clean and tidy and wanted to have her to have the shopping she wanted but her mum wanted her and yeah. you know we have to ask for what we want and that happened quite a lot in you know the sessions people would sort of say something and we might say well you need to tell them yeah and then one sort of got into the habit of saying oh I asked my daughter or my son or whatever to do something I'll go that's great
0: yeah I mean, the worst that's going to happen is they will say no, right? But I think I think often we, uh,
2: you know, can't leave the washing up like that, Mum. You have to do it, you know.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, but 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 yeah, just let's sit down and have a, have a chat that means nothing, it, but also a lot.
2: Yeah, it means everything to people. Yeah. Communication
0: and touched and all those sort of things mean everything it's that's that t- that touch is an interesting one because i i i'm i'm quite an extrovert i'm quite a tactile person um and the weird thing that i'm missing the most is just being able to give people a hug and a kiss every now and again like i mean look, clearly the family are getting their fair share but everybody else i can't do it anymore well, how are you because you're quite tactile aren't you how are you coping with that
2: Oh, poor Dave's getting it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm past him, I touch him. He goes, will you leave me alone?
0: He's cuddled out. He's cuddled <laughs> out, Chris. You, yeah. you, you've cuddled him way right too much. Um, yeah. I, I suppose...
2: Uh... My dad's had the coronavirus and he's been quite poorly and I can only see him through the window. So that's quite um, difficult for me because yeah. I just want to get in there and give him a big kiss and a cuddle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, the things, like I say, I can go and see them through the window. So, for me, at the moment, that's great. So, it's a bit about um, changing what we did.
0: Yeah. um
2: but it is very difficult if you're a tactile person.
0: Yeah. Um but- I suppose it's difficult to answer at the minute because we're still in a a bit of a state of limbo, but what's next for the work you do?
2: Well, I have got a few ideas, and one of them is that I would like to do a project about lockdown. So what we learned, how we changed, what happened for everybody in different generations um, during lockdown I think that would be a great project. And I think it would be a real bit of social history going forward as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I think by the time, maybe if I didn't do it, maybe at the end of this, we might leave it so long that people will forget it won't be fresh and, you know, what really yeah. happened. Yeah. So that that's kind of um, something that I'm looking at. But I am writing a bid to work. The Beckantry Estate is 100 years old um, next year. Okay. So I would like to do some form of reminiscence oral history around that, because that, you know, was the biggest council estate ever built, um, and uh, you know it's got lots and lots of wonderful stories and wonderful people. So that is what I'm looking at at the moment.
0: Okay. And where where can people find out a bit more about you and your work?
2: Uh, well, I have got a website. You can go on there. Um, it's www.positivechangeconsultancy.com and you can call me and you know ask me anything about my work or if you needed some help with something, especially while we are in lockdown. I'm happy to um, chat with anybody or if you know somebody that's in need. Then please contact me. Um I don't know if you give my phone number out, Chris, or would you like me to do that now?
0: Um yeah, we can what we'll do, Chris, we'll put on the show notes, we'll get Raz to do it, um, but we'll make sure that if people do need to get in touch, um your contact details are def- definitely available. And it's really interesting because that That question of the podcast that we've got today, you know, who would you speak to in history and what would you ask them? The work that Chris does, the amazing work that Chris does, some of those stories would be lost if it wasn't for the work that Chris does because because we, we cannot sort of we don't preserve enough stories and learn the lessons from people in the past so thanks i mean that that project if you're in our uh, particular part of east london and you get the opportunity to go to to eastbury house uh, when we're out of lockdown can people visit anytime when when is eastbury manor housing Parking open for people to come and visit
2: it's open wednesday thursday friday and sundays But hopefully they're going to put the exhibition online, Chris. Um, They called me on Friday, so I'm going to send them over a load of stuff. And we're going to um, hopefully put the exhibition online for people to see.
0: Amazing. Watch
2: this space.
0: Cool. So when that happens, let us know and we'll be sure to mention it on the Kindness Project again. So that's all good. What stories have you got from lockdown at the minute? Have you got anything that...
1: Nah, not really. I'm just <laughs> sitting, writing, studying. Yeah,
0: yeah, just.
1: What it, Charlotte. Well, my writing. Yeah. I'm trying to write a book because so I just like writing and I want to publish it. So.
0: So, yeah, you work on your book. And yeah. Aren't you? yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, question of the podcast. Should we do some answers? When
1: did you post this? Um,
0: yesterday. So, we've got a few answers. So, just as a reminder, sorry, morning, Tred, morning, Nick, morning, Tracy. Uh, Uh, Morning to everybody who's who's uh, watching us right now. Thank you for tuning in on the on on um, Sunday morning, and thank you again for sharing the kindness project with your friends. We said at the start we're getting sort of huge numbers of people download it every day now. So I was saying that I don't know whether there's like there's I mean we're getting thirteen. Hundred odd downloads a day. I don't know whether that's just thirteen people downloading every, every single episode. episode. I just we just don't know. Probably not. Um, but the
1: maths you, is a bit off.
0: Yeah. If if you are if you are finding the kindness project for the first time and enjoying it, we episodes. thank you. Um, Tony Slimin had our first Twitter question answer to question in the podcast. He'd um, ask Edison, "Did you really fail?" a thousand times before inventing the light bulb? And if so, what kept you going through all those failures? I think he, Tony said, I think many people stop digging five feet from the gold mine till they reach success after years of hard work and miss out on the success because they just give up too soon. Uh, I think that's, a, um, that's a, a, good, a good lesson to learn. Apart from uh, Florence Nightingale, who would you like to speak to in history, Chris?
2: Apart from Florence Nightingale, oh, there's so many people, really. Um, I'd like to speak to Gandhi, that would be a good one.
0: Okay, and what would you ask Gandhi?
2: I think a bit about enlightenment, uh, from his point of view, because I think it would probably be quite different to what we hear now. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, um, and have you thought of an answer yet, Charlotte? I don't
2: know. What does it mean to you?
1: I was thinking maybe someone involved with the, with the starting of the NHS, like Clement Attlee or Nye Bevan.
0: And what would you ask them?
1: um i'd probably ask nye bevan how much he paid the doctors because there's a famous quote about him stuffing their mouths with gold to get them to work for the nhs right
0: okay so so how much (laughs) you could probably find out how much doctors were paid yeah
1: probably probably a waste of a question but
0: you know no no
1: it's all good all
0: good so um another few answers we've got um uh, Simon Frankel said, "I'd asked Nelson Mandela how he managed to not be bitter and resentful for being imprisoned for so long." Um, I hold grudges against people who slow me down in a coffee queue, which is frustrating, but isn't like decades in Robin Island, is it? Like, I mean, in perspective, just just waiting in a coffee queue. But yeah, I mean, I, I think Mandela certainly is somebody I'd like to uh, I'd, I'd like to ask um, questions of. Um, I've actually been to Robin Island in uh, Cape Town and um, just the conditions there are sort of not great Um, and the weird thing about that is, and there's an amazing documentary I think the BBC did 10 years ago on Mandela, where um, when he came into power he had the um, he had the opportunity to either imprison the people who were responsible for apartheid or actually forgive them as long as they came and told their stories um, of, of why they acted in a certain way now that takes bravery and courage doesn't it because the natural human reaction is to go we well, you are responsible for a crime against humanity we're going to lock you up um, to not do that at that point in history is interesting
2: like with the Pope
0: would Mandela be on your list Chris? yeah it
2: will. Oh.
0: And, and you, Castro. I'd
2: quite like to have a chat with him as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, yeah, you know, you know what? Some sometimes it's the it's the leaders in history we respect, but might not always agree with, uh, are going to be quite interesting as well. Yeah, definitely. Louise,
2: um, Louise, Louis, on it is probably completely different to what we imagine.
0: Yeah, I th- you know what? I think it's sometimes we forget we're all heroes of our own stories. So even people we don't agree with will have their own reasons why they do stuff. Um, Louise McNamee said, that's really difficult. Um, I'd ask Muhammad Ali which of his accomplishments he was proud of and why. And she'd also have questions for Abraham Lincoln and George Best. Uh, Danny Willis said, um, I'd ask Martin Luther King... How he found the courage to did do what he uh, did. Um, Steve Dan um, said he'd love to ask Hitler why.
1: Well, there's loads of documentaries on it,
0: aren't yeah. there? Yeah. Um, uh, G- Haycock said he'd ask Jesus why he disappeared for 18 years and what did you get up to? <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Good one. Uh, Sean Acton said Churchill: How close in your mind in those dark days of 1940 were to you? What uh, was your mind to losing the war? You know, how far did you get to think you were um, losing the war? Trev said Neil Armstrong: What was the first moonwalk experience like? I think that would be uh, an amazing question. Tracy said: I'd ask Isaac Newton. Um, uh, would you have introduced isolation uh, as part of the black uh, black uh, death, the plague, um, and is that what you would have called lockdown now? And Dunkirk said, Emmeline Pankhurst. Firstly, she'd like to thank her, and uh, secondly, did would she have ever imagined women would? become world leaders I think there's some amazing uh, questions there so thank you for all your contributions as always I,
1: I've been spending a lot of time on Google learning about like loads of random like people
0: who you been learning about
1: I don't know um, the first man to ever successfully um, complete a C section where the woman who gave birth survived, um, and he was apparently a gay man, well, gay transgender man, with a dog named Psych.
0: That fact is really interesting. Yeah. The dog named Psych. I love that.
1: Um, and every time it, it, the dog died, he just replaced it with another dog called Psych. <laughs>
0: replacing it with a dog of the same name is is the fact that i'm going to remember from that story so um thank you chris for joining us on the kindness project we really appreciate it thanks for coming back um uh uh, we've really enjoyed the stories and um if you're out there and you like chris's work we'll make sure that we share it thank you once again
2: you're welcome.
0: Thank you, Chris, for having me and Charlotte. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, we 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 never end a podcast though now, uh, especially live ones, without a uh, joke of the day. Prepare, Chris, to be oh, okay. e- either either <laughs> overwhelmed or underwhelmed with emotion. I can't guarantee what emotion that's going to be at this point in time. Normally it's apathy, but we'll see how we go. Do you want to tell you, Joe? Yeah. Joke?
1: Okay. Um, why did the robber take a bath?
0: I don't know. Why did the robber take a bath?
1: He wanted to make a clean getaway. <laughs> I
2: like
0: it. I'm not convinced. And on that note, <laughs> have,
2: yes. have,
0: have a lovely, right. have a lovely Sunday. Hope you have a really amazing day and we'll see you next week for more Kindness Project Live. Bye. Bye.